Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Tom Brady is an underdog in a playoff game. That's a bold strategy. We pinpoint the Giants' plan for an upset. And Sean Payton would look nice on the Cowboys' sideline. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Tom Brady, a home underdog in the playoffs? Are we serious? Our friends at Bet Online have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting two and a half at home. James Yarko from Locked on Bucks joins me now. And, and James, we know the reasons why. Mm-hmm. This was not a vintage Tom Brady season, not a vintage Tampa Bay Buccaneers season, unless we're talking about vintage, like early 90s, late 80s, maybe. Greensickle yeah. Bucks kind of season. But how how can the Bucks maybe recapture some of the, the play from the last two seasons when, when you look at the roster, you go, it's the same guys. Yeah, outside of one glaring, redheaded, angry omission <laughs> in Ryan Jensen. Mm-hmm. And look, he's been back at practice, and there's still some of that optimism and that hope that maybe he will suit up and go up against the Dallas Cowboys. And you get Ryan Jensen back, and the entire offense changes. Tom Brady immediately starts to have more time in the pocket, which gives the receivers more time to get open. The running lanes get a little bit bigger and helps out Rashad White and Leonard Fournette, and literally everything changes. But without Ryan Jensen, you still take a look at what the Bucs have been able to do the last six quarters that the starters have been on the field. You have Mike Evans go absolutely nuclear, and that that deep ball attack seemed to get on track between Brady and Evans. You saw Tom Brady leave the Falcons game with a lead. You know, the, and the offense was doing really well. When the starters have been in, as my co-host David Harrison pointed out on Crossover Thursday, the Bucs have been have had scoring opportunities on 50% of their possessions. Now, there was a missed field goal mixed in there. There was a blocked field goal mixed in there. But 50% of your possessions, you are getting into a spot where you can put points up on the board. And that's just not something we've seen out of the Bucks offense all year. So lately, it seems like they're starting to get back on track and they're starting to find that magic again. It'll all boil down to, can the offensive line hold up enough for Tom Brady to do Tom Brady things? So for, for a lot of fans, they're looking at this going, the Bucs are eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, they have not only an under 500 record, a significantly worse record than the Dallas Cowboys. How can they be hosting a playoff game? Do you have a fix for this? Because I have one. Uh, I don't have a fix for it because it doesn't need to be fixed, in my oh. opinion. Look, it, it's just like March Madness to me. In March Madness, it doesn't matter how bad your record is. You win your conference tournament and you're in. The Buccaneers won their division tournament. They won the NFC South. They're automatically in. If an at-large bid happens to get in with a better record, so be it. But if you win your division, you're locked in. You did what you were supposed to do. The other teams just fall in line where they may. All right. So I love this example because it is true that if you win your conference, you get in. But at large bids, you might get a higher seed than someone in a mid-major league, right? And so not the NC South, not a mid-major league. My proposal, and I'm going to get your take on this, is you win the division. I think divisions are important. Mm -hmm. You win the division, you get into the postseason. 
top seven teams overall make it and you go from there by record based on you seed by record. But if you win your division, you are automatically in just not automatically home playoff game. What do you think? I, I get the logic behind it. I, I still think if you win your division, you should be rewarded. Your fans should be rewarded with that home playoff game. Yeah. I, I didn't have a problem with it when Carolina won the NFC South a few years back with a losing record. Uh, I didn't have a problem with it when Seattle got to host the New Orleans Saints. When yeah, they won that game too, famously. Yeah, and we had the birth of beast mode in yeah. that game. So, you know, to me, it's it's not broken. Don't bother fixing it. The the only the only broken part of it we could have seen is if a division winner had been forced to go on the road because of the results of a 50-50 toss. Luckily, that didn't happen. Crisis averted. The Bengals rightfully get to host their playoff game, but I'm I'm perfectly fine leaving it alone and and I can promise you if the roles were reversed and the Buccaneers were the 12 and 5 team and they had to travel to Dallas to take on the 8 and 9 NFC East winners, well, Dallas took care of their business. They won their division. They deserve the home game. Stay up to date all year on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bucks on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the New York Giants can spring an upset on the Minnesota Vikings. We'll tell you how, but first we look at the keys to a Ravens upset over the defending AFC champion Bengals on Sunday. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. The Bengals and Ravens line has moved quite a bit in favor of the home team. That makes sense because Lamar Jackson, not going to play. Bet Online likes the Bengals by nine and a half. The Bills and Dolphins line has moved a lot too. Bet Online likes the Bills by, get this, 13 and a half. That line opened in the eight and a half, nine range. And the Jaguars are home dogs to the Chargers. Bet Online likes the Chargers by two. And a half bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Baltimore Ravens are shorthanded. Lamar Jackson tweeted that there was still inflammation on his knee Thursday night. So, how exactly will they fare against the Bengals in Sunday night's wild card matchup? The Baltimore Ravens must stifle the Bengals' offense as best as they can, especially with a potential Lamar Jackson absence. I'm Kevin Allstriker, the host of Locked On Ravens. Baltimore faces off with Cincinnati for the third time this season, but this is for all the marbles in the wild card round, and Lamar Jackson did not practice on Wednesday, so his status right now at least trending downward, so it might be on the defense to get the job done for this Ravens team as they held the Bengals in week 18 to just three second half points, but they'll have to do more of the same, especially if Jackson can't go and if it's Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown behind center on offense, Baltimore would have to rely on the run game and feed the ball to their tight ends, such as Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely in the passing game to hopefully get a win against the very talented Bengals team. But again, it all hinges likely on the availability of Lamar Jackson. For more on this Ravens team and their wild card matchup with the Bengals, be sure to follow the Lockdown Ravens podcast and subscribe on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Few expected the Jacksonville Jaguars to be here, and even fewer believe they will advance. The LA Chargers head to Florida as the favorites for a Saturday night tilt, and that makes sense. This is the more talented team, period, end of story. I know the Jaguars beat them horribly early in the season. That was a different Chargers team. And we had Tony Wiggins on the show earlier this week and he said okay 
The Jaguars are a different team too. Only to a point. Give me Justin Herbert in this spot. But I will say, if we come out of this game with a Jaguars win, it will be because Trevor Lawrence announced himself as the next elite quarterback in the NFL. The game will air on NBC at 8.15 Eastern time. We mentioned the Ravens being shorthanded, but the Miami Dolphins have entered the chat. Neither Tua Tungavailoa nor Teddy Bridgewater will be playing for the Dolphins against the Buffalo Bills. That's why this game is two touchdowns. Skylar Thompson against Josh Allen. You have the DeMar Hamlin storyline. This is going to get ugly. The only question is how much the Bills are going to win by. And frankly, I'm, I'm kind of uninterested in the answer to that question because who cares? It's the playoffs. The only thing that matters is that they're going to win. And we will learn precisely nothing about the Bills if they, if they win by between anything between, let's say, 14 and 50. It will be the same thing. They're good, and the Dolphins with the third-string quarterback are bad. That game will be on CBS at 1 p.m. Eastern. And the Seattle Seahawks have been embarrassed twice this season by the San Francisco 49ers. Will it happen a third time? I don't think it will. This is going to be a close game. It's going to be a good game. Pete Carroll in a playoff game. He's going to have these guys ready to go. And they don't know what they don't know. That was something that Tony Wiggins, our host from Locked on Jaguars, said of Jacksonville. But that's true of Seattle, too. Guys like Kenneth Walker. Guys like Tariq Woolen. They don't know to be scared of this moment. So they won't be. And I think they will have just enough guts and guile to keep this one close to Close enough to be watchable. How about that? This is the first wild card game. You can watch it on Saturday at 4.30 on Fox. That also means that the NFL doesn't think this game is going to be particularly close. I think it will be close, but the 49ers will win. Here is another story you need to know. The New York football Giants back in the postseason, and they will take on the Minnesota Vikings this weekend at U.S. Bank Stadium. Joining me now from Locked on Giants, Patricia Trena. And Patricia, this is a Giants team. They are three-point underdogs, according to our friends over at Bet Online. That has outperformed every expectation so far this season. And we saw this game just a couple weeks ago. It took a 61-yard field goal from the Vikings to beat the Giants. So what can the Giants do to make the outcome different this time? Well, for starters, the Giants are going to get back, hopefully, a couple of players that they didn't have in that game, actually three players, um, Aziz Ojulari, who left that game with a, a sprained ankle. He only played about half of the game, if I recall correctly. Xavier McKinney is going to be back, and they are hopeful that they have a Dory Jackson back. Now, McKinney can can uh, cover TJ Hawkinson, who was a uh, – he basically exploded against the Giants in that first game. Uh, Jackson, they're hoping, will be able to handle Justin Jefferson. And, of course, getting the pass rush, you know, with Ojulari and Kayvon Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams up front to rattle Kirk Cousins and force him into one of those what-are-you-doing-Kirk throws that he's been known to make. So mm -hmm. uh, that's what the Giants are hoping for on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, I think the Giants are going to probably rely a little bit more on Saquon Barkley's legs. I think they only ran him, 
I want to say seven times in the second half of that game. They they passed the ball something like 40, 42 times. And uh, just, you know, got to go with your hot hand. And your hot hand all season long has been the running game. Saquon, Daniel Jones, and just keep attacking until they figure out a way to stop you. This is a game where I think if you're from the outside, you're going, I don't know if I trust Daniel Jones in this game. I don't know if I trust Kirk Cousins in this game. So it's kind of hard to decide on a quarterback matchup here. But Daniel Jones has cut down the turnovers. He's cut down the fumbles, which has been a huge problem for him over the course of his career. So what do the Giants need out of Daniel Jones in this game? That will leave us coming out of this game, hopefully with the win if you're a Giants fan. But but in this case, just going, wow, Daniel Jones, he did, he did enough. He played pretty well. Well, you know, I think we saw some of it in the last game between the Giants and the Vikings, how Daniel Jones engineered that uh, that catch-up drive at the end, was able to tie the game, you know, touchdown drive, and then the two-point conversion. So basically, you know, you look for a franchise quarterback to load the team on his shoulders and carry them across the finish line. Don't make mistakes. Don't do anything stupid. You know, make solid throws, good decisions, and all that good stuff. Daniel Jones has shown that he can do that this year. He's shown it probably more so this year than he has in the past. They need him to continue doing that. You know, Sunday is not the time for him to revert back to, uh, you know, how he was the first three years of his career where you sat there and you were scratching your head wondering what the heck he was thinking when he made throws or decisions. So I think if he does all that, he plays a solid game, a mistake-free game, he can pretty much push the Giants over the finish line. When I look at this game, I'm looking at the interior of that Vikings offensive line. They could be down to their third center. They've got a rookie starting at guard. The interior is where you can attack them. And Dexter Lawrence, he has been like the second coming of Haloti Nada this year. I mean, he has been unbelievable. He moves incredibly well for a guy his size. What is the matchup that you think ultimately defines how this game goes? Yeah, it's that Giants defensive front against that Vikings offensive line. They are banged up, as you mentioned. Um, Dexter is hungry. I, I, I met with him yesterday for a little bit in the locker room. Uh, Leonard Williams is going to play. He's been dealing with a neck injury, but he's going to play. And then, you know, you're going to have the pass rushing duo of Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari. They're going to feast on that. So again, I think they're going to look to upset Kirk Cousins, get him off his mark. You know, this is a Wink Martindale defense. This is what Wink does. He blitzes the heck out of quarterbacks. I expect him to come after Kirk Cousins with all that he has. Stay up to date all year on the New York Giants by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Giants on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts coming up. What about Dallas for Sean Payton? Seems enticing. Sean Payton is available. That much is clear. What isn't clear is where he will coach or if he will take a coaching job. Peacock and Williamson believes the Cowboys could be intriguing. Yeah, I mean, I think our listeners know I'm not a hot button, hot take guy saying it just to say it. I'm not so sure Sean Payton doesn't end up as the Cowboys head coach next year. Mm, one and done for Dallas. I don't I think Jerry would be it. very happy about that. Here's the problem. Jason Garrett was in Dallas for like five years too many. But Jerry Jones liked him. And they won a fair amount of games. Did they make it to the Super Bowl? No. Were they ever really Super Bowl contenders? No. But he wasn't ousted until they had multiple seasons, not just of coming up short, but coming up well short of expectation. 
For the Dallas Cowboys, they were not picked last year to be the kind of team that they ended up being. And this year is a similar situation. They're they're good. And if they lose, it'll be damning on Mike McCarthy and this Cowboys team. But this Cowboys team is a wildcard team. They're going to Tampa Bay to play this game. So it's not like this is some overwhelming favorite, some, some hegemon in the NFL. If Jerry Jones is going to have patience with Jason Garrett, why wouldn't he have patience with Mike McCarthy, a Super Bowl winning head coach who in every season Dak Prescott has been healthy, he has led them to the playoffs. This is working. And by the way, why is Sean Payton a massive upgrade over Mike McCarthy? In the middle of Drew Brees' prime, maybe toward the back half of his prime, they went 7-9 and nine in four seasons in five years. They had playoff exit after playoff exit after playoff exit, disappointing home playoff exits. They lost to the Buccaneers in that last Drew Brees run. With a 10-point lead at home, they lose by 10. Sean Payton is Mike McCarthy with better PR. So let's not act like Sean Payton is some massive upgrade over Mike McCarthy. And I have a feeling Jerry Jones knows that. And finally, the robots are coming to AAA baseball. Okay, it's not quite as dramatic as the movies. This is not a horror movie yet. Give it time. But AAA Baseball will have the electronic strike zone at all 30 ballparks. This is seemingly another significant step toward the implementation of the technology at the big league level in the near future. The automatic balls and strike system, commonly referred to as ABS, will be deployed in two different ways. Half of the class AAA games will be played with all the calls determined by electronic strike zone, and the other half will be played with an ABS challenge system similar to... That, that's used in professional tennis. Gotta believe John McEnroe will not be going to any AAA baseball games this year. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, who got the best of Super Wild Card Weekend? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.